0: amen. Well, today we are coming to the infamous story of David and Bathsheba. And as we think about this, right, we're immediately brought to the point that that we're going to talk about here a king that has an affair with a married woman. And what's so crazy about this time is that David has experienced these great victories. And as you think about this, right, as you we look at, as we've been examining the life of David, we've seen that this man is just, he's just having, you know, these, these victories, and he's become now king over this divided nation, and, and as he's become king, I mean, things are going well, and all is going well in the kingdom. And so you begin to think to yourself, why would David fall into such a deliberate sin against God? You would think to yourselves that, you know what, David knew the commandments of God, and, and he knew that adultery was a sin against God. And the Lord was very clear on this, but I want you to understand one thing is that David did not take heed, and so he fell, as we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. You know, he fell. Why? Because he didn't acknowledge his weakness. He didn't understand this weakness in his life, and so he ended up falling. And I want to talk about really just David, where he's at now, because he was really at a high point in his life. As I mentioned, he was king over Israel. He had conquered all the enemies at bay. David was a powerhouse. He was wealthy. He had wives. He had children. He had possessions. He had anything and everything that a man can ever want. But was this enough to keep the enemy out? You know, he still had a relationship with God, but was this enough to keep the enemy out? Was this enough to keep David's heart from sinning against God? I want you to understand one thing, is that sin is knocking at everyone's door. And as we look at this, right? As we think about this, as we think about David's position, see, the greater the position, the harder the fall. Understand this, that the enemy is always looking to devour any man or woman of God. See, any man that has a hand of God upon his life, and God is using this man to make a difference in his kingdom, the enemy is looking to destroy. This is why it is so important for all of you to be praying for your leaders, to be praying for your pastors. Understand the enemy. He studies, he watches, he analyzes, he moves. And when he moves, it is not, so that the man of God can further God's spiritual influence over others. But he moves to discredit God's influence through this man. You know, as we talked about last week, we talked about the battle that David had against the Syrians. And if David would have died, he would have been just an amazing man because there really wasn't much sin in his life. Yes, he sinned, but, but we would have overlooked his shortfalls, right? Like the time that he pretended to be mad, mad when he didn't trust God. We would have overlooked that. When he joined the forces of the Philistines, we would have overlooked that. When, he, when his flesh got the best of him with Nabal, we would have overlooked that. We would have forgotten and erased from our minds and our lips these sins that David did. If David would have died at that time that we talked about last week, he would have died as the greatest man apart from Jesus that ever walked on the face of the earth. But I want you to understand that King David is an example for all of us to learn from. As it states in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6, that we are all sinners, right, and we fall short. Every single one of us are all sinners. And David is an example for us to learn from. He's an example for us to understand that we are all sinners and we fall short. You know, as we review the life of David, David was the great shepherd boy, wasn't he? He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was a man after God's heart. He was the chosen king of Israel, the anointed boy king, the one who slew the giant Goliath, the one who was gracious towards his enemy king Saul, his father-in-law, the great leader of man, the man who trained rejects to become mighty men of valor. We know that he had great victories over the enemies. He was a man who trusted God. He was a man who loved God. And he was a man who had an amazing relationship with God. But understand this, it was all tarnished by his sin. For everyone remembers... The sin of David with Bathsheba. And let me share this with all of us. Sinful acts like David's, I want you to understand this, it forever damages a man's reputation. It brings the reputation of a man of God from greatness to shame. And not only this, but it also brings great consequences to their sin. And no one forgets the sin and it haunts him for the rest of his life. I want you to understand one thing is that though you are forgiven of this sin by God, it still does not erase the consequences of your sin. And the only reason I share all of this is because I want to help you avoid from falling into the sin. To understand the reputation of, that is tarnished to understand that, that there are great consequences to sin. You know, as we talk about David, I want to also share with you, there was another man of God who is also an example for us to learn from. And he, his name was Joseph. See, Joseph is a contrast to David when it comes to adultery. Remember Potiphar. Remember Potiphar's wife. Remember, she had longing eyes over Joseph. How many of you have seen longing eyes? I think that many of us have seen longing eyes. Maybe some of you are the ones giving longing eyes. But understand one thing is that with Potiphar's wife, she had longing eyes over Joseph. And she kept going after Joseph. You know what? She was looking at every opportune time to seduce Joseph. And one thing about Joseph, remember he's a contrast to David. He would avoid any contact as much as depended on him. But she became very frustrated. And she could no longer take it. So that one day, she's half-dressed and she grabs a garment of Joseph and, he, and she asks him to lie with her. Genesis thirty nine twelve. But one thing that Joseph does is, is it tells us that he fled and he ran. In other words, he didn't stick around, but he ran. And why did he ran, run? Because he focused on God. As it says in Genesis 39 verse 9, he says, How can I do this wickedness and sin against God? See, Joseph was the example for us as to what we are to do. What we've been called to do. For understand this, is that God always gives us a way of escape, as He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. When we look at men that are greatly used by God, understand this, that the enemy is always there. This is why Billy Graham, he would share this, that he would never travel alone, but he would always travel with somebody to avoid evil or the appearance of evil. This is why when you travel on your own and you go to hotels, do not turn on the TVs because when you flip the channels on the TVs, you never know what comes up on the screen. There's going to be naked women or naked men. And understand this, it moves us and directs us towards this evil. But understand this is that David is not the only one that has sinned. There are other men that have fallen with their sin. You know, when we look at some of these preachers of times past, remember Jimmy Swaggart in 1988 and in 1991, his great fall with the prostitutes. Understand this, his reputation was tarnished. Many were affected. His ministry was never as it once was. What about Pastor Bob Coy from Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale? This one hits home with us, doesn't it? A Calvary Chapel, one of the largest churches. He actually had the largest Calvary Chapel. It was one of the largest churches in the U.S. And Pastor Bob Coy is on the shelf because of moral failure. You know, how the mighty are brought down to nothing. And you know what's amazing about all of this is that this morning I was doing my devotional and I was doing my devotional in Proverbs chapter 6. And it reads like this, beginning in verse 23, it says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. In other words, the Word of God is a lamp and a light. As He says, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It it reproofs. it is reproofs of instructions. They are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of of a seductress. It says, do not lust after her beauty in your heart nor let her allure you with her eyelids. eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. Imagine that. An adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. Understand this, what the writer of of the Proverbs is trying to tell us is that if you play with fire, you're gonna get burned. And there goes your reputation and there goes your character. I want you to understand one thing minutes of pleasure destroys a lifelong reputation. That's what it does. You know, for men, understand this and women too. There is a problem with pornography in the church. And if you are caught, understand this, you will be put on the shelf. Your reputation will be tarnished. Whether you are looking at pornography or whether you are having an affair with another woman. Understand this, you can also have an affair with your eyes. If you are constantly thinking about another woman. If this woman is constantly in your mind and you are consumed with this woman. And you know that she's not for you, you know that you shouldn't even be thinking about her. Understand that this will ruin your reputation. It will definitely put you on the shelf. I believe that James chapter 1 beginning in verse 14, it gives us the best insight on how all this gets started. And we're going to reference this scripture as we talk about the sin of David. But I want to read it to you. It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This scripture was part of our scripture for the men's retreat. You know, when we look at this verse, it tells us that each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You know, when was David drawn away? You know, we can easily say, you know what, he was, was drawn away when he saw Bathsheba there bathing naked. But I want you to understand one thing. It did not happen there. It was way before this time. And I want to bring, read you a scripture that will give us insight as to what was happening with David. See, David thought that he was in control of, of this issue. David thought that This problem that he had would not cause him to sin against God. But when we study the life of David, every single one of us, when we read this verse that I'm going to give you, we know that something is wrong. Look at what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 13. It says, And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem. After he had come from Hebron, also more sons and daughters were born to David. See, how many of us have been challenged by accepting the concubines as wives and wives as being okay? I think we've all been challenged when we read this scripture, right? You know when we think to ourselves, you know what, why is David taking all these concubines and all these wives? See, this was a direct violation to God's command when it says there in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17, where it says, Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart be turned away. God was giving instruction there to kings, not to take multiple wives, not to take other women, but to stay with one woman. And we know that this issue was not only an issue with King David, but it was an issue with his son. And with his son, the wives turned King Solomon away from the Lord. But we're not here to talk about Solomon, we're here to talk about David. Understand this is that David broke the law of God prior. And so what we are given is we are given insight on an insight on a deeper issue with David's heart. And do you know what his issue was? His issue was women. His issue was the opposite sex. He was weak in this area. And when he saw the wife of another man, understand this, he couldn't control himself. And this is why the consequences were so severe. This was an area in David's life that he battled. And I want you to understand one thing. We are not to be foolish into believing that this is not every man's battle. Understand this. This is every man's battle. It is not just, you know what, a few men, but it is every man's Battle, And if you don't understand that, or if you don't take heed to that as men, then you're going to fall. And this is what God wants to show us today. And women, it is also becoming a battle with women. And understand this, the same thing is for you women. If you don't take heed to what we're talking about, you will also fall. You know, when we look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, we're only going to go over 5 five scriptures. See, because this is going to be a two-part series. It may turn into a three-part series, but it's right now, as I see it, the Lord wants me to do a two-part series. The first part will be David's sin against Bathsheba. And the second part will be David's sin leading to more sin. And so with that, let's go ahead and read the first five verses, and then we'll expound on each and every one of them. It says, It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabal. but David remained at Jerusalem then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold so David sent and inquired about the woman And someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him. And he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity. And she returned to her house, and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. I want you to know that as we read this, we are given the account of David's sin with Bathsheba. And understand this, this began a time of, of deep sorrow with David. As I mentioned, a few minutes of pleasure destroyed his relationship with God as well as his reputation. Did he know all of this before he jumped into it? Absolutely not. And we're going to go into details as to why he did it. Let's go ahead and expound beginning in verse 1. Look at what it says. It It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabah, but David remained at Jerusalem. What we read here is that David stays home. I want you to know something about David. I'm going to give you some insight and this is really from scholars that have looked into this and have given timetables. They believe that David was around the age of 50 years. But what we see here is that it was a time, as it says, when kings go out to battle. See, David was supposed to be out. He was supposed to be out in the battlefield. This was customary. This was the way things were to be done at this time. See, David didn't have to be at home, but he decided to stay home. And this is why the Lord always gives us a way of escaping. If He would have done what He was called to do, as it was customary at this day, we wouldn't be reading about what we have here. See, David decides to do something different. He remains in Jerusalem. And let me be clear on this with all of us. If God has called you to be somewhere and you say no, be very careful, because you are in a very dangerous place. And most of all, When you are idle. See, when you are idle, this is the devil's playground. Your flesh, compounded with the temptation of Satan, will move you to do things because you are not busy in him. You are idle. You are in a place where you shouldn't be. See, at this time, David was still able to battle. We know that in the very near future, David was too old, as he was out in the battlefield and he was once again fighting the giants of the Philistines, that the men saw that he was very weak and he wasn't able to battle anymore. So they put David, pulled David aside and said, David, it's time for you to sit out. But I want to share this. This was not a time. This was not a time for this. So what does David do? What, is, what does he do? He sends Joab and he sends the mighty man and he sends his soldiers and they fight against Amon. And I want to remind you about, about Ammon because remember last week we covered this. The people of Amon ran when they saw the Syrians running from the battleground. And so the people of Amon, remember they were the ones that instigated this battle against David. And they brought the Syrians with him. But when they were battling with the Syrians, as far as Joab, Amen says, man, look, the Syrians are running, so they ran also. And they retreated. And now they're there at Reba. But David is not with them. And let's read what happens next. It says in verse 2, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. I'm going to share this with you. David is napping. Again, David should have been doing what he should have been praying, right? David should have been reading. He should have been praying for his men that were there in the battlefield. He should have been, you know what, reading or writing these amazing psalms for the Lord. But instead, he is sleeping. And as we know, the flesh is what? It is weak. And so immediately when he awakes, what does he do? He goes to the rooftop. And when he goes to the rooftop, rooftop, rooftop of his house what does he see? He sees a woman bathing. And the Bible tells us that this woman is beautiful to behold. In other words, when the Bible says that a woman is beautiful, we know one thing, that the Bible does not lie. And what she was, was a beautiful woman. And what is she doing? She is naked and she is bathing. So, as David sees this, what does he decide to do? He decides to continue to look. And remember I told you I would reference James chapter 1 verse verses 14 and 15. We're going to reference the scripture as as we see here with, with this scripture. It really gives us a progression with sin. And it gives us the points to avoid when it comes to sin. Remember what he says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. He gives us The insight when it comes to the heart of man. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full-blown or full-grown, brings forth death. Remember I shared with you that David had a weakness with women. He had concubines, he had wives, and this was not to be so. And understand, his weakness, it got the best of him. I'm going to give you four points. When it comes to sin, I want to give you these four points so that you can see where you are when it comes to the progression of sin. And the only reason I give you this is so that you can identify it when you see these things happening in your life, when you have temptation before you. When we are confronted with sin, it's important that we know the steps that are taken because the Bible gives us the insight on it. And the first one is... Desire. As we see here, as He says that, you know what, that He woke up. It was evening and He walked on the roof of His house and from the roof He saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. You know, when He saw her, David, instead of turning away like Joseph, remember Joseph when he saw Potiphar's wife, half naked, pulling off his garment. What did he do? He ran, didn't he? He didn't stay there. He didn't keep looking at her. He didn't keep glancing at her body. Instead, what did he do? He ran. When we talk about, or when it says it in James chapter 1, it says, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire. We're going to be talking about desire and I want you to understand what the desire word means. It means lust when you are drawn away by your lust, when it came to David and Bathsheba, the the Bible says that he saw her beauty, he beheld her beauty, and he couldn't turn away, because he was moved by his lust. His desire was so strong, that he lost control. Remember, David had a battle with women. He loved women. And when he saw this beautiful woman again, that desire was what it was in there, right? And he hadn't confessed this; he didn't acknowledge this. You know what he he didn't see anything wrong with it, as he had all these concubines and these wives. And so, as he sees this, he doesn't turn away. You know, I shared this at the men's retreat at Montbaldi. You know, one of the things that my wife would teach the kids, as we would have our devotionals with them. And it, when it came to looking at, you know, when we talked about looking at, at, at things that we shouldn't be looking at on TV or, 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 or things that, that appear before us. You know, she instructed, and I remember this, and I thought, man, that is so good. She instructed the boys that when they see something they shouldn't see, and even Carissa, that they were to bounce the eyes. You bounce the eyes. And what do we mean by this? See, you bounce the eyes from whatever evil is before your eyes. In other words, if there's something that comes up before you, what do you do? You bounce the eyes. In other words, you see it, right? And then you bounce the eyes. See, every one of us have eyes, right? And these eyes are going to see things that are not good. And as the Lord said in Matthew 6.22, He says, the lamp of the body is the eye. Imagine, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? See, when you see things that you're not supposed to see, you got to start practicing to balance the eyes. You see something that, you know what, we can't avoid and believe me, this happens to all of us, right? Things come up on the screen. Things come up before you. You are not to continue to allow your eyes to focus on the evil. You are to bounce the eyes. If something comes up on the screen, you bounce the eyes. If you see a beautiful man or woman walking by, you bounce the eyes. Instead of just focusing on that, right? Keeping your eyes on that, of course you're going to fall. Because there's desire in you. There's this Man called flesh or this woman that is flesh and it wants to satisfy itself. See, what you do with your eyes will make you or break you. See, if you take the second look, you have fallen in sin. But if you turn away, you have escaped sin. Let me repeat that. The eyes will make you or break you because if you take the second look, you have fallen in sin. But if you turn away, you have escaped sin sin. Remember what the Lord said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 28. He also said there, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The Lord never said if you look at a woman you've committed adultery, but when you look at a woman to lust, it's to lust is when you have committed adultery. In other words, when you keep or you you have that second look, When you're not bouncing the eyes. When you're not turning away. And believe me, this happens to everybody, right? Instead of meditating and focusing on it, whether it be a man or a woman, and you keep your eyes on it, then guess what? You're going to commit adultery. This is what the Lord is saying. So for you that is lusting after another woman, or for you that is lusting after another man, then guess what you're doing? You are committing adultery. See, God's standards are higher than ours. And that's what's so amazing about God is that He says, you know what, it's a matter of the heart. There is issues in your heart. Because when you are lusting after somebody else, you are committing adultery. And you need to acknowledge it and you need to confess it. Because when you don't confess it, when you say, you know what, I'm not doing it, then guess what? You're going to fall. Take heed lest you fall. I'm going to give you now the second point. You know, as we read here, when it came to David, we have here, it says, in James chapter 1, verse 14, it talks about the desires and the enticement. The second point that I'm going to talk about is the enticement. Okay? Because this is what happened to David here. The enticement. I want you to understand what the word entice means. The word entice means to trap. Okay? When you give in to your desires, when the bait is there, and when you go after it, then you will be trapped. I want to give you the example or the illustration that what the Bible means by this word enticement. It wants to give us the picture of an animal. An animal that is trapped. And how is it that that animal gets trapped? Because there's always bait. Isn't there? The only way to trap an animal is with what? Is with bait. What are you going to put there? Something for him to grab. Something for him to take. And believe me, an animal, all he cares about is what? Eating the bait. He's clueless about the trap. And if there is a trap, guess what? He doesn't care about the trap because all he wants to do is to satisfy what? His appetite. See, does the animal ever think about the consequences? Think about that. The animal never thinks about what's going to happen to him. The animal is not thinking about, oh, you know what, they're going to catch me, I'm going to be in a cage forever and ever. Or they're going to kill me, or they're going to skin me. None of that, right? All he cares about is what? It's a beat. And that's what James is, re- is revealing to us. This is what the Word of God is revealing to us. That this enticement, Understand this, this is a trap for all of us. See, David was never thinking about the consequences. He just saw the bait. He saw the woman naked and he wanted her. He wanted her badly. See, what was the bait? The naked woman was the bait. Bathsheba was the bait. And he took it. And his desire was so strong that he lost control of his senses. And then he went To the third step, which is here in verse three. And it says in verse three, So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? See, David goes after the bait. We see that he goes and inquires, right? He goes, he goes and he sends messengers to ask about the woman. And when we go back to James chapter 1, we see that it talks about sin. It says that when desire has conceived, it brings birth to sin. So the third thing that I want to talk about now is the conception. Because we talked about the desire, right? That lust that we have within us. And then we talked about the enticement the bait that's out there to trap you. And now we're going to talk about the conception. And I want to share with you on this third point, the conception. This means when sin is birthed. Okay? See, when David kept looking, and let's let's get into this, because see, the Word of God is so alive that He wants you to begin to visualize what David is doing. See, when David saw Bathsheba there bathing... He kept looking. And let's really get into this looking, right? Because I want you to understand one thing, that as Bathsheba was bathing, he was looking at her clean all of her body parts. He didn't say that she was bathing and he walked away. It says that she went out there to bathe, and when she was bathing, guess what David was doing? He kept looking, and he kept watching her clean every part of her body until she had finished bathing. See, he took the bait. And when he said, you know what, I am, want that woman, sin was birthed. See, when he was looking at Bathsheba bathing, I guarantee you one thing. This man was picturing himself sleeping with Bathsheba. Sin was already conceived. Sin was already birthed. He was picturing himself with her. His imagination of sleeping her of sleeping with her consumed him. And I guarantee you this much, he was out of control. See how many of us get caught by our own desires. Our own desires like smoking dope or doing drugs or partying with your friends or you know what pornography or sex or whatever it is, you name the sin. And you have your friends coming over and your unsafe friends or you have somebody that, that sends a, a message on social media or on Facebook and communicates with you, inviting you to do things that you shouldn't be doing, tempting you, right? You know what? Bringing these desires of your flesh to come out. And then you finally say, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. You know what? Let's just do it. Let's just do the sin. Let's just get it on, right? Let's just go ahead and do what we got to do. Understand this. This is the conception. This is when you give birth to sin. This is what's so crazy about all of this. You know what? The other day, I actually just yesterday, it was yesterday. You know what? I don't really look at, at Facebook. I stopped looking at Facebook and... In case some of you are wondering why I don't respond, I, I really don't look at it unless someone sends me a notice to be their friend and then I'll, I'll, I'll open it up and I'll, and I'll accept you as a friend. And that's the only time that I really open up my Facebook to look at it. And so when somebody sent me a friend request yesterday, it was a female and in that friend request, you know, she wanted to be my friend and and then when I opened it up, she was half naked and she was covering her body parts. And I noticed that she went to my alma mater. And I was thinking, how in the, where did this come from? But I immediately deleted the friend request. See, I could have easily accepted her friendship, right? And what would that have started? See, there's many of us here that, you know what, are playing and dabbing with these things on Facebook or on social media or on Instagram. You got to be careful because the enemy is, this is a tool that the enemy wants to bring you down with. Believe me, Facebook and some of these things are used for the good, to spread the gospel, you know, to talk about the wonderful works of God. But it's also used of the enemy to bring you all down and to make you fall. So you gotta be careful. Be careful what you're looking at. Remember the conception. It all starts with the desire. It starts with the bait, with the trap. And David, what did he say? He says, you know what? I want her. So what did he do? He sent and inquired about her. He sent messengers. And look at what the Lord does. What's so amazing about this is that the Lord tells him, He sends someone to tell David, Bathsheba, she's the daughter of Eliam. She's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. I want you to understand this. This was all God. Remember how we talked about how the Lord always gives us a way of escape? He was letting David know that this woman that you want, she is the daughter of Eliam. This is one of your mighty men of valor from 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 34. This is one of your mighty men's daughters. And not only that, but she is also married to Uriah, the Hittite. And this is one of your mighty soldiers who is in the battlefield as we speak with the Ammonites. See, God wanted to give David the opportunity to say no. They mentioned she's married. But yet David ignores it. He ignores the second warning from God. And understand this, before you sin, God is always sending you a warning. He is always sending you a message. He is always giving you a way of escape. See, as soon as he heard that she was married, he should have said, you know what, hands off. You know what, I know what God's Word says about Adultery? She's married. How can I be with her? But when sin is birthed, understand this, when sin is conceived, it controls the man. And he could care less about the sin that he does. When sin is birthed, it controls the man. How many of you, when sin is birthed, it controls you? You say, forget it. Even though you have the voices of God, you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you have the Scriptures coming to your heart, It controls you and you say, forget it. It doesn't matter because sin has been birthed in your heart. We do it anyways. And I want you to understand this. This happens to everybody. And I'm not not just talking about adultery. here. I'm talking about other things. See, because none of us are without sin. And when we sin, it works the same way. You have the desire. You have the enticement. And then you have... The conception. In verse 4, it says this. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him. And he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. We get to the fourth point, and the fourth point is this, as we were reading in James chapter 1. It is the sin. David sent messengers to get her. He didn't care if she was married. And she ended up coming to him. When it says that she came to him, it appears that she came willfully, willingly. Could she have said, no, I'm not going? Could she have said, you know what? I'm married. I have a husband. Absolutely not, David. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going vi- to visit you. It could have possibly cost it, or it could have possibly taken her life, right? Because he's a king, and you need to do what the king says. But who are we here to please, man or God? She had a choice. She could have refused the invitation because she was a married woman. But understand this. When it came to Bathsheba, did she have a role to play in all of this? Let's think about this, right? Was her intent all along to sleep with David? Did she herself fantasize about David? Understand, she knew where David's house was. She understood where, she, where it was. She understood what she was doing when she was bathing naked in the open. She knew that the only man that could see her was who? The king. Did she plan it? Was this her plan? Did she desire David? I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to share this with you. And I think I'm going to leave it at this. The Bible always addresses this as David's sin. So we'll leave it at that. And we'll find out later on in heaven, because we know that where sin abounds, grace abounds. Remember that. And both of these two are in heaven. And so we can ask her there. But we probably won't even care anymore. Which is be glad to be in the presence of Jesus and to finally meet King David. An amazing an amazing thing. And so then verse five, and we're gonna close with this. It says this and the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with child. The sin was done, and here comes the consequences. Bathsheba becomes pregnant with child. And we know that she would have been pregnant because she just finished her monthly cycle. It says that she was cleansed from her impurity there in verse 4. So she knew she was primed to get pregnant and in fact she does get pregnant. And so she sends a message to David and says, I am child? And what's so sad about all of this is that because of this sin that David had, there were great consequences to David and his family. The consequence was the fact that the sword would not depart from David's family. We know that this baby, even though he was innocent to all of this, he dies. But what's so amazing about this, he goes right into the presence of the Lord. We also know that Absalom, he killed his brother. We know that Tamar is raped by her half-brother. We see all of these things that go on, reminding us of the fact that sin brings forth death. See, may this be a wake-up call for all of us. If you're dabbling with pornography, if you're dabbling, lusting after another woman or another man, let us come to a place of, of confessing it and asking the Lord, you know what? Cleanse me. I'm sorry. I repent. Because if you don't acknowledge this as sin, you will fall into the same sin that David fell and there will be great consequences in your life. And these are a lifelong long Consequences, And we can avoid it all. And this is what's so amazing about the Word of God because the Word of God reveals these things to us so that it can prevent us from walking in sin. Understand this, God forgives the sinner, but He doesn't take away the consequences. See, during this time, remember, David, Remember he wrote those amazing psalms when he talked about how amazing it is for the man of God to be forgiven by God to be cleansed of sin. He said before that though he was I felt like you know the drought of summer was all in my life. Believe me, sin destroys you. It rips away your joy, it rips away just the Lord and fellowship with him. And this sin that we're talking about is a battle that every man faces. Don't think that your past is, don't think that you can't fall to this. Take heed lest you fall. Be aware of these things. Remember the desire. Remember the enticement. Remember the conception and remember the sin and what it does in our lives. God gives us all warnings. And maybe there's somebody here that may forget about this in about a year and then you're going to fall into this sin and I pray that no one is going to do this. Or maybe in a few months. Be careful. Take heed. Lest you fall. Allow the Lord to just do a wonderful thing in and through you. You know what? You're put on the shelf when you sin. You're not useful for the Master when you sin. God wants to use each and every one of our lives. He wants to do a great and a powerful work through us. But we must avoid and walk away just like Joseph said. How can I do such wickedness and sin against my God? May this be a part of who we are. May this be a part of us. And may we desire to please the King and not to sin against our King. Let us close. Lord, we thank You. Lord, we thank You for Your words. We thank You for the example of David, Lord. And the sin, Lord, that he did. Such a great man of God such a great man of faith, a man after your heart, Lord, tarnished by this sin with Bathsheba. It brought such heartache into his life and into his family. Lord, help us to avoid these things. Help us to learn from David. Help us to learn from what you shared with James, your half-brother to share with us how we have desires, how they entrap us. And when it does, it gives birth to sin and when sin comes, it brings forth death. Lord, help us not to fall in this sin. If there's anyone here, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to make things right with God. If there's anyone here that wants to ask the Lord to forgive you of sin, and this is between you and God, I want everyone's eyes to close, I want everyone's head to be bowed, and this is strictly between you and the Lord. And you see yourself just struggling in one of these areas. It doesn't necessarily mean adultery, we could be talking about other sins. We're talking about sin in general. If you are struggling with it, if you see your desire, if you see yourself getting close to taking that bait, to allowing sin to be birthed in your life, and you're playing with fire, knowing that it's going to burn you, let's confess it, let's acknowledge it. And let's give it let's give it to the Lord. If this is you, I'm going to ask you now just to follow me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I come to you as a sinner. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for allowing sin, the desires of sin, to trap me. Lord, I don't want to give birth to sin. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I thank you for your warnings. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. For thinking of me and reminding me to stay far away from sin. Help me to run from sin by Your power. The power of Your Holy Spirit. I yield to Your power for my flesh is weak and I can't do it apart from You. Lord, I truly love You and I don't want to do any wickedness against You. I don't want to sin against you but I want to please you and I pray this in Jesus name Amen God bless you all